Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Very warm welcome to everyone. My name is Anja Skrzypek. I'm Director for Research and Training at the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. And it's an absolute honor, privilege and a thrill to have with us today uh, Tomasz Petriczek, Minister for Foreign Affairs of Czech Republic, a big friend to FABS, who uh, some of you might know that have been among those pioneers who helped building uh, FABS Young Academics Network 10 years ago. But throughout the of the last 10 years helped us by contributing with many ideas, being part of many of the essential initiatives of FEBS. So lovely to have you with us back. Uh, welcome back, Thomas. Uh, hello, Anja. It's great to be with you. We are meeting today on a very special day, but uh, uh, before I uh, tapped onto that and before we talk a little bit about today's summit, uh, I would like to come back to something that you've done for us, uh, having already named you as one of the greatest friends of FABS. Uh, you've written for the Progressive Yearbook 2020. That was our first Progressive Yearbook ever. For all of those of you listening, I definitely encourage you to check it out. And uh, back then, we asked you for uh, some of the forecasts, what this year would evolve around. You made a very strong argument that what we should do is uh, to make sure that the green policies are becoming effectively social policies. Half a year into the year, how do you see the pledge about the European Green Deal evolving? I'm convinced that uh, it is even more important uh, than uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, the crisis uh, showed that uh, will bring a huge impact uh, on uh, our economies and will have uh, enormous social implications. And uh, we still believe that uh, we need to go green. We need to transform our economy into sustainable and low-carbon economy, but uh, we cannot uh, leave aside uh, what uh, social implications and social impacts uh, there will be. And uh, we need to also uh, look for opportunities, how to provide new jobs for people, uh, because uh, many has, have uh, lost their jobs uh, over the past months uh, due to the COVID-19 crisis. And turning into new sectors uh, of green economy I think can bring uh, to the labor market uh, new vacations, new jobs, but we need uh, to be able to channel the resources that uh, will be in the next generation EU very efficiently with uh, a strong focus on uh, job creation. Next Generation EU is the big discussion that is taking place today, but many people are quite skeptic about if the summit effectively are going to conclude at all today. Um, you know, you are being the insider. Would you share with us some points from the side of the kitchen and, you know, perhaps uh, tell us a bit more about where Czech Republic is standing when it comes to the debate today? I believe that uh, all member states uh, are aware that we need a compromise and we need to come up with the compromise very quickly. Uh, at the same time, uh, it was obvious uh, in the discussions ahead of the summit that uh, there are still uh, still a number of uh, objections regarding the way the recovery fund is uh, structured, the way the funds should be distributed. And uh, this is also something the uh, Czech Republic has uh, criticized uh, over the past weeks, that uh, we need uh, to be also flexible because uh, we have some objections regarding uh, one of the criteria for distributing the, the funds. It was uh, the unemployment rate before the crisis. 
but we need to be able to react to the impacts of the crisis. And uh, there uh, we see some progress uh, will be taken into account, but still, I think uh, right now it will be very hard to say what will be the real impact of uh, uh, the current downturn uh, in the uh, second half of this year. Can I ask you, because of course you are a politician, so uh, um, you know uh, the whole art of convincing is there in your portfolio. Uh, how likely it is for us to expect a compromise soon? Because on one side, you know, you've mentioned green jobs, we need to proceed with the transition. Uh, on the other hand, you've mentioned, you know, jobs have been lost. Uh, there is a sense of urgency. Uh, COVID is, of course, uh, still upraising. So, uh, you know, what is the feeling? Can we actually expect a step forward soon? Or are we uh, yet to experience a long-term deadlock, you would say? I expect that uh, we will have the agreement uh, relatively soon. Uh, I'm not uh, 100% sure uh, it will be uh, done during this weekend, but uh, we are aware about uh, the urgency. It is our duty and uh, for progressive uh, uh, movement, it is absolutely uh, priority to give the security, to give at least the strong signal that uh, there will be a security in terms of uh, jobs, in terms of social, the whole social dimension of this crisis. I think that people are really and uh, naturally concerned about what is ahead of us and uh, politicians need to provide uh, not only solutions, they need to also provide for better uh, atmosphere uh, in our societies for some uh, stronger sense of uh, Europe is able to provide security uh, to our people. Well, tapping on that point, uh, because on one side, uh, we've seen uh, that the opinion polls across Europe have shown that people have generally come very close to the government, looking and seeking the support from the side of governments and trying to, uh, you know, uh, feel secure about uh, how the different governments acted, including the one in Czech Republic. But at the same time, you've mentioned Europe and the expectations uh, towards Europe, and there the picture isn't that clear. Coming to Czech Republic, uh, which I uh, I would uh, say, and please forgive me saying so, um, has been quite infamous because of the rather sceptic approach towards the European Union, or at least this is how it is being portrayed. What do you think would be the convincing arguments precisely for you know, giving in, especially that we have this big future of Europe debate just on the horizon? I would like to first stress that uh, we cannot blame EU for not being uh, capable of preventing the crisis uh, or very effective uh, during the first part of the crisis. We need to repeat, EU has no competences when it comes to public health. We might have expected an effort for better coordination, which uh, was probably too slow to come. And uh, there needs to be a lesson learned for us. I think that uh, it is not only possible to say, look, there are no competences and uh, the EU is out of the, uh, out of the problem. We need to also say where uh, the leadership of the European Union was uh, possibly able to contribute to the effort of member states uh, over the past couple of months. And there are some areas where the cooperation was really successful and effective. From the position of Minister of Foreign Affairs, it was indispensable to work with uh, other member states and with EU institutions when uh, it comes to repatriation of our people from uh, all around the the world and uh, with the assistance of the European Union, more than 600,000 of Europeans came back safely home in times when the global traffic or glo global flights were cancelled from uh, one day to another. 
For EU, the most important period is uh, coming, but right now. The ability to, to address uh, the econ economic consequences of the crisis, I believe, is the crucial. It's uh, something where the legitimacy of the European Union might be strengthened. And that's why we need a good compromise uh, when it comes to next generation EU, when it comes to recovery plans, Uh, when it comes to also uh, improvement in coordination, we see it still when it comes, to, for example, to traveling, that uh, more cooperation and coordination is still needed. And here I believe that uh, uh, the EU leadership is aware about uh, the opportunity to strengthen its, uh, its uh, legitimacy, but also about the risks. Because if we fail now, I think it might be very difficult for EU and might uh, also contribute to further fragmentation that we have witnessed over the past decade. And uh, just, uh, you know, uh, for the final point uh, of today, uh, when you came to speak at our conference in Krakow, which is uh, two years into the mandate um, in the fall, um, but back then uh, you've been uh, talking to us uh, very much underlining the need for the international cooperation. Of course, in the times of COVID, people frequently look at first the national level, then the European level that we've just discussed. But the international level global arena remains equally important. We see a lot of members uh, of the global community having sadly so different approach. Uh, but you've been back then arguing that only through the global uh, coordination we will be able to face challenges and defend the issues close to your heart, such as human rights. So here I would be wondering, what's your take on what can we expect on the global level for the months to come? The crisis uh, proved that uh, without international cooperation, there cannot be effective uh, solution to pandemic, but other crises uh, or events that are disturbing uh, for, for the war, uh, for the way our societies uh, work and are especially disturbing in uh, terms of uh, uh, social equality, uh, social cohesion, because uh, we see that uh, this crisis is uh, effective uh, more than the other part of the society, the most vulnerable, be it the, the women, Uh, children, be it uh, already excluded uh, social groups uh, in our societies. And we see that uh, not very effective uh, international coordination at the beginning of the crisis provided for a lot of mischievements that were part of the problem, at least uh, for Europe in March and, uh, and April. I would also like to stress that we need to see this situation as also an opportunity to improve Uh, international cooperation in tackling some of the long-term problems. We have discussed uh, about uh, Green Deal and uh, climate change. Here, we, we will need more international cooperation to get on board uh, all the major actors. Uh, we can see that China, US and others are still not yet there, but we would like to have them. And uh, we need to prevent that. Uh, and maybe a feeling that uh, we can solve some of the problems at the national level can uh, be the way forward because these are not problems that can be solved nationally. But we also see that uh, there have been a lot of forgotten problems uh, when it comes, for example, to globalization. Globalization on the one hand uh, brings a lot of benefits. It's uh, make the societies in general richer, but uh, there are a lot of, uh, lot of people who are left behind, not only in uh, poor parts of the world, but also in Europe. And uh, as I started with, 
problems of globalization or the negative effects of globalization are only highlighted by this crisis. That uh, we are really vulnerable, uh, that uh, we are not always effective in controlling, uh, for example, global supply chains when we need them. For example, in pharmaceutical uh, industry, we saw that global supply chains are not capable of providing uh, at the moment of crisis to places where uh, their products are most needed. So we can use this as opportunity also to, to address many of these negative uh, effect, uh, aspects of globalization, maybe to work on globalization 2.0 or 3.0 rather, that might be more responsible in terms of uh, social welfare, in terms of sustainability. But we need to also uh, focus on how uh, globalization and our security can be matched together. So I hope that uh, together in Europe, we will be able to move on from the current phase of discussing about the impact to coming with an action plan, with uh, new ideas, how to make uh, the world a better place for all of us and how to make Europe a constructive and important player in this trend. This, I couldn't have dreamt of a better and stronger ending of our conversation. Tomasz Petriczek, Minister for Foreign Affairs, it was such a privilege to have you. And I do hope uh, that what you've just suggested is going to be taken very seriously because I think uh, you are absolutely right that uh, the way uh, that we are going to move off over from this historical crosswords, especially as progressives seeking the new mission for our movement uh, is absolutely essential uh, when it comes to defining what kind of political agenda we absolutely need globally, European-wise and nationally to deal with globalization 3.0 and to be able to bring more equality and social justice. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, all the best of luck. Uh, thank you Anya, for inviting me and uh, I would like to wish you and all who are listening a uh, uh, great time and uh, let's hope that uh, together we will get out of this crisis uh, as soon as possible. Let's hope so. Thank you so much. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.